As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. On we go to Chicago. 49ers and the Bears on Sunday, a game with a lot of interesting storylines. The 49ers, of course, trying to dig their way out of the mud and give themselves something to be a little bit happier about. Four straight losses for the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan was still a bit gloomy at the press conference on Wednesday, but uh, we all know that a win would uh, do wonders toward improving morale aboard the 49ers ship, and they have a chance to do it against the Chicago Bears, who are not a great football team this year. The Bears still play really good defense. That's been a calling card of theirs over the past several seasons, but... Uh, the the offensive side of the football hasn't figured it out yet. In fact, it, it's taken a turn for the worse over there in Chicago. Justin Fields, who 49ers fans were very familiar with around draft time, is now the starting quarterback there. But Matt, he's taken 22 sacks already this season. Adjusted net yards per attempt. You know, we, we think it's going bad for Trey Lance and for Jimmy Garoppolo. They're both well over six adjusted net yards per attempt, which includes the sacks. Justin Fields is at 2.6 because all that negative sack yardage. So if there is ever a week for this 49ers pass rush to hit home and for the 49ers to play complimentary football, uh, this has got to be it, right? That this is They've got to win this one because we know what's coming after that. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned their defense. It is a good defense, but... They're probably going to be without their best defensive player, Khalil Mack. Um, and, and the 49ers could be without uh, Trent Williams, but uh, Mack makes that that defense tick. So that would be a big uh, win before the, the game even kicks off for the 49ers. And you're right about Justin Fields. And one of the ironies, and I know that uh, uh, 49ers listeners uh, don't want to hear this, but one of the ironies this week is that Trey Lance is probably back to his role as a scout team quarterback, which means that he emulates the opposition starter, uh, which means that this week he's emulating a guy that was drafted eight slots before him and and who isn't playing very well. Uh, So um, you're right. Uh, This, uh, again, we said this last week, though, this should be a game (laughs) that the 49ers win. Uh, maybe they get a little bit of juice from Jimmy Garoppolo going back to his hometown, but 
Uh, Dennis, uh, on paper, this looks like a, a 49ers victory, although probably narrow one. Yeah, and I'm going to stop looking at the paper because on paper, you know, this team should win, a, should have a whole lot more wins. But it is, you know, it's an opportunity uh, to go and play against, especially with the 49ers defense, to play against a Chicago Bears offense that is just not clicking right now. They're still trying to figure – you talk about the 49ers offense – Chicago's offense is definitely looking for some type of identity. Even though the, the run game is good, uh, their passing game is just garbage. So, and, and you said how many sacks that, 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 that offense has given up. So here's an opportunity, and I've, I've said it since the Seattle game, this is a must win, but this is really a must win um, moving forward because, you know, you, you got to get off, you got to get off the, the losing streak. Um, the next two games are very important, but you got you got to get off of this because it's been four weeks. Forty um, ers played a bit better on the road. We've seen that, but it's a great opportunity um, for everyone. I mean, just to play. I mean, just to go out and play. You, you got to find a way to win this week, no matter what it is on on any team, special teams, offense, defense. Somehow you got to figure out how to win this football game because the next two two weeks are going to be tough. And you can't go into it with a loss. And uh, that's what it's all about right now. It's survival, move on to the next week. And the NFL is like that. I think even when you're winning, stuff can turn around very quickly. So you have to take it week by week. I still remember when the 49ers finished 13-3 uh, and three in that 2019 season. It, it seemed like forever. They had to keep on vanquishing the next challenger in front of them. And they did most of the time. But if they ever slipped up and, you know, there was a portion of the season there where they lost to the Ravens and then they're very close to losing to the Saints. Obviously, they uh, had a challenge in the Seahawks in week 17. If there were more slips than they could handle there, um, the playoff situation would have looked a lot different than than that number one seed. So it, it just goes to show you that you have to fight week in, week out, no matter what your record is when you're a really good team. Uh, you have to fight to, to make sure that you stay a really good team. And when you're not a good team, and that's what the 49ers find themselves in right now, that's not a good position at 2-4, and four, then you have to fight to try to reverse that. And a win here brings the 49ers to 3-4. and four. Then Arizona comes to town. Then the Rams come to town. So you have a back-to-back -back against two of the top five teams in the NFL following this game against the Chicago Bears. So it sets up, uh, I think, in really interesting fashion for a 49ers team that might be getting a little bit healthier if they can survive this week. Now, that you always have to say that with an asterisk in the NFL because more guys can get hurt. But we went out to practice on Wednesday. We saw Trey Lance moving around all right. It's a knee sprain, so and he's limited right now in practice. So he maybe he won't be ready on Sunday. Maybe he will be. But I think you, you do have to circle that Arizona game on the calendar, Matt, as one where if all goes well... The 49ers will have both of their quarterbacks ready to go for that huge divisional showdown. So it's about building the bridge to Arizona, uh, be it with only Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe maybe they'll have Trey Lance, but but still, you, you have to focus on getting through this week because uh, there's a proving grounds awaiting on the other side of it. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, more possibly optimistic news, and I know it all looks bleak right now, but um, Kyle Shanahan said he expects George Kittle to return next week, so... Uh, Kittle, of course, missed that first Cardinals game. Uh, he could be back in the lineup, and um, you know uh, that that's that's the point. You, uh, what what Dennis said earlier: you win one game, you win this Bears game, and then you can kind of reassess and say to yourself, okay, 
we're, we're looking uh, we're looking a little bit better against a Cardinals team that we fought tooth and nail against um, in terms of health. So uh, they need to kind of keep keep stacking those and not having uh, minuses in the injury column. And, and we should also uh, update a, a couple of other guys. Um, Jeff Wilson, uh, Shanahan said that he could uh, return to practice at least and maybe in a couple of weeks and by the end of this month, maybe he's back out there. That would, uh, I think, go a long way to uh, addressing their, their third down back issue, their backup running back issue. To me, that's been the key. If you want to look at the spot where things started to go awry and when, when, when also when Shanahan started to sort of pull back on the Trey Lance um, as a, uh, a change-up quarterback idea, it's when all these running backs started to go down. So uh, as long as there's some stability there, that kind of can can be the trigger, I think, for this plan of getting Lance uh, at least some in-game snaps, if not some starts here uh, as we uh, start to head into the middle part of the season. You know, I've said it before. It's it's an interesting uh, position that Kyle Shanahan and, uh, you know, John Lynch are in because, you know, you've clearly said that uh, Lance is going to be the future of this team, but we saw in the Arizona game that he's raw. So he needs, he needs those reps. He needs those, those game reps, those full, you know, working with the offense during the week and, uh, and then, and then game time. So you have to develop a quarterback, a young quarterback, but yet you still have a veteran quarterback, uh, on the team, uh, who, who kind of leads the team? I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo's not playing very well, but he's probably your best bet to win football games. But yet, still, you have this quarterback that uh, you've kind of banking at least the next two seasons on because you've given up first round draft picks. So how do you how do you get him developed and not get him hurt? Um, keep him healthy and still get him some good reps in some football games, and then you still have Jimmy Garoppolo. So you know, it's interesting. I, I would love to see go back to like that preseason game with the Raiders when you kind of had packages in for both quarterbacks to get, you know, a, a equal amount of time or, you know, close to equal amount of time. But it's it's a weird position because you have this quarterback you have to develop, but when you put him on the field, you know, you you kind of open, open him up to get hurt just because of the way he plays the game. So it's interesting to see, and it's going to be good to see moving forward how Kyle, Kyle Shanahan kind of, develops his quarterback and what he does with Jimmy Garoppolo. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Right now, the 49ers are sinking, and they, they just need to find their way up to the surface and get a gasp of fresh air. 
And I think once they get that gasp of fresh air, they'll be able to better settle themselves and get back to that preseason plan that you're talking about, Dennis, with both Garoppolo and Lance playing. Because it's it's I think it's really clear what Kyle Shanahan thought of his roster and his quarterbacks and what he needed to add to the quarterback room this offseason. He saw a quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo that, for whatever reason, has been declining since his best stretch with the team in 2017. We can get further into that topic in a little bit. I'm going to be writing about that this week. But Jimmy Garoppolo's best stretch as a 49er came in 2017. Those five games earned him what was at the time the most lucrative contract for a quarterback in the history of the NFL. In every advanced metric, Jimmy Garoppolo was the number one QB in the NFL over those five games. He was awesome. If you go back and watch the tape, read the articles, watch the highlights, read the tweets from people in 2017, they all recognized it. And it was almost a foregone conclusion that based on a five-game sample, the 49ers were going to have to pay this guy a lot of money. And they ended up doing that. The problem is the 49ers have not gotten that level of play from Jimmy Garoppolo since then, which is funny because uh, he he wasn't really well-versed in the offense then. The more well-versed he's become in Kyle Shanahan's offense, and maybe this isn't a great sign for Kyle Shanahan's offense, uh, the, the worst and least uh, less efficient Garoppolo has become. And there was an ACL tear thrown in there, and then more injuries, obviously, to the ankle and now to the calf thrown in there. But the, the efficiency has been sliding, generally, downhill. Shanahan saw that this offseason, uh, he also saw the injuries, and he said, okay, I need to raise the ceiling of the offense, so he brought in Trey Lance. Trey Lance is still, even though Garoppolo's declined efficiency-wise, Lance is still not at his level efficiency-wise because he's so inexperienced. So Shanahan sees the ability to bring in Lance's athleticism as a jolt. That's what he did this offseason. Wants to insert him into games to give the 49ers that jolt and that swagger, but he still wants Jimmy Garoppolo's kind of baseline efficiency, which he still believes is there, even though it wasn't against the Colts, that's for sure, in the monsoon. He wants that to, to, to also be part of the 49ers' offensive framework. So we saw him try to mix and match both during the preseason. Then the regular season happened and he abandoned it, probably because the 49ers lost Raheem Mostert and were drowning, so to speak, right? The running game wasn't there. So Matt, they need that breath of fresh air now. I think it comes in the form of a win. Elijah Mitchell was already a lot better last week. Jeff Wilson's coming soon. Maybe that running game returns and maybe Shanahan finds some stable ground with which to you know, put both quarterbacks out there and really begin this transition to Lance and, and really execute the plan that he had for this 2021 season. And going back to Ch- Chicago 2017 is is interesting because remember that was the, uh, uh, I, I call it the uh, the Beatles coming to America, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo period. People were just going gaga over the guy. And um, he was delivering. I mean, and, and there was a a spontaneity. Uh, David and I talked about this on on Wednesday about him that season because he he didn't know the offense and he was having to to ad lib uh, and he's got that quick release and and more times than not uh, it it worked for him. Um, the issue over the next three seasons is that 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 spontaneity really uh, went away for for the most part and obviously injuries. Uh, are a huge part of that, but also is the fact that he does uh, have the the Shanahan offense uh, now, and I think that's one of the reasons why why Shanahan has uh, been dissatisfied with him is because even armed with that offense, he's still 
not kind of uh, slinging the ball all the time like he did back in, in 2017. He's never kind of regained that that fun, um, attacking, um, consistently attacking form that he had. We've, we've seen it in spurts, uh, but it hasn't been there uh, entirely. And that's why that's basically why this team is is moving away. So then the question becomes, okay, uh, will he be able to achieve that with, with Trey Lance? And uh, you know that that first game against the Cardinals, I, I, there were so many good things about Lance: his competitiveness, um, his uh, his running ability. But one of the things that gives you pause is that it took him a long time to get rid of the ball. It took him a long time to process, and he doesn't have the full offense yet. So that's going to be something moving forward. We're going to have to watch. And it may be, you know, a big reason why Shanahan's not willing to kind of put the uh, the whole responsibility of running the team on him right now, because he knows that uh, it's not going to come to him, uh, and certainly not come quickly. Uh, but uh, that's that to me is going to be the the big question with Trey Lance over these next few seasons: Can he master that offense, and can he master it to a level where he's playing quickly with all of that uh, in his head? Uh, and that's been difficult for quarterbacks, uh, you know, whether it was Matt Ryan in 2015 or Jimmy Garoppolo the last couple of years. Uh, that's that's the big uh, that's the big onus both on Trey Lance and on Kyle Shanahan. I'm sitting here thinking and listening to you both, and and I agree with you that Jimmy Garoppolo for some reason has declined a little bit or a lot of bit, and and I just wonder is it is it the injuries? Is the playbook too big? Is he overthinking things? I just think that the his uh, top of the injuries and the fact that the organization drafted a Trey Lance, traded up third pick overall. You give up two draft picks for the next couple of years. I mean, as a player, you have to understand. Yeah, this is it for me. I mean, is is it motivation? Uh, he for some reason Jimmy Garoppolo. Just watching this last game, he's just off. The offense is off because he's off. He's stepping the wrong way. Uh, running backs are going the, the different ways. It just the offense just looks off, and it just makes me wonder. I mean, I, I, and I wonder from you guys, do you think the fact maybe Jimmy Garoppolo just lacks the motivation because he knows this is a done deal after this season is over? Does that affect his play? I think that you know was a fair question asked this year. Uh, last year. He also was less efficient than in 2019, but last year, obviously, and this year to some extent, has you know our sample has been muddled by by the injuries. So the only clean sample that we've gotten over the course of a full season is 2019, where he was good, but not as good as he was over that five game stretch of 2017. And one thing, you know, one piece of data that jumps out to me is the average length of pass that that he he's attempted and prior to the ACL tear so the five game sample in 2017 and what two and three quarters of a game in 2018 Garoppolo was up near nine average air yards per attempt which is the upper half of the league so he was actually throwing longer passes than than over half of the quarterbacks in the NFL on average and ever since the ACL injury when he returned in 2019 even though he was good that year that's dropped down from near nine like 8.9 to to like 6.5 6.6 
uh, average air yards per attempt. So uh, obviously over time, the 49ers offense has changed that more yak based approach, but Garoppolo's changed as well. And, you know, it, it, it could be one of two things or it can be a combination of these two things. It could be Kyle Shanahan uh, calling those shorter plays, uh, you know, because he, he doesn't believe in his offensive line as much. He thinks his receivers are more geared toward yard after the catch. And it could also be Kyle Shanahan calling those shorter plays because he thinks that Jimmy Garoppolo's arm strength has been compromised by the ACL tear. And he's not the same kind of freewheeling quarterback who's able to just rip uh, some of those balls downfield because the, the, the base is not quite as strong as it used to be uh, before he hurt his knee that bad. Uh, also, there have been other lower body injuries, obviously, since then. So uh, the the twenty seven the twenty nineteen numbers stick, stand out to me because supposedly Garoppolo was uninjured that season and it was still a big step down from what we saw in seventeen and eighteen as far as him going downfield more often. So I think that all can maybe tie into the fact that uh, Shanahan you know started losing faith in what he wanted Garoppolo to do and uh, went out and got Lance because he, you know, he saw that as an uninjured, fresh quarterback product. And, you know, maybe that all kind of combines into Jimmy Garoppolo facing this lame duck season, not as confident as he was before, because obviously the 49ers were uh, seemingly interested in every single veteran quarterback on the market this past off season. So long story short, Matt, I, I think my answer to Dennis's question is, it's a combination of a lot of different things. It's a complex issue, but obviously there's been a decline. And if the 49ers are going to turn this around in time to make the playoffs in 2021, they need that decline to reverse right now, starting in Chicago. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. It's a combination of things. I think it's rooted in the fact that Shanahan believes that um, Garoppolo bumped up against his ceiling at some point in, in 2019. I mean, we saw that in the play playoffs when he seemed to get a, a little smaller. Um, you know, you, you pay all of that. You mentioned the, the big contract he signed after 2017. You pay somebody that money, you expect um, that, that person to put his team on his back and carry his team through tough games and things like that. Uh, Garoppolo did that uh, once or twice in, in 2019, the, the Saints game being the, the prime example. But uh, like I said, the, the, the playoffs weren't his finest moment. <laughs> you want that to be your, your franchise quarterback's finest moment. And I think that and, – and I think you're absolutely right when you say that part of it is, um, you know, uh, Shanahan discovering that and then basically calling plays to that diminished expectation – and that sort of lowers it for everybody. When you don't expect much from somebody, uh, you know that person's not going to flourish because, uh, like, like you said, the, the play calls are going to be less, um, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I, I mean, there's a lot of psychology that goes into it. Uh, you could probably write a whole book about it, but I, I think that's that's the bottom line. I mean, of course, it's the bottom line. They wouldn't have gone out and gotten basically Garoppolo's opposite in Trey Lance, young guy, big arm, runs. Uh, is courageous with the ball, um, is not afraid to throw deep, is not afraid to throw outside the numbers. Um, in, in so many ways, he is the anti-Garoppolo. And that basically tells you all you need to know about what 
Kyle Shanahan truly thinks of uh, his starter on Sunday, Jimmy Garoppolo. Even the way he's playing, he's he's the best quarterback you got on your football team. And moving forward, I, I think you you kind of have to, you know, you talk about low expectation, but I think you just you you play along with that, and you and you create a you you create a game plan that helps them. Short passes, you know, get Brandon Ayuk. We've talked about that more involved. You know, you got Debo. We know who his favorite target is. If you get a George Kittle back, that's got to help. Uh, and then you just you just run the ball. You just pound the rock. Build confidence for Jimmy Garoppolo. Give him his throws. Those little those in routes over the middle to Debo. Some bubble screens. I mean, you have to develop now a game plan that's going to help the team win football games. And if it's not, you know, throwing the ball down the field, if you don't have your versatile Trey Lance in there, you got Jimmy Garoppolo, you have to kind of cater to him. What makes him what makes him go, what makes him tick, what makes him successful? And I think it's his weapons and his run game. So offensive line, again, it's going to be a challenge. Open up holes for for the running backs. If you get another 100-yard game like you did last week, I mean, you're, you're going to be all right. So, you know, I, I think it, it's, it's what you got. It's it, Jimmy Garoppolo is what you got. I think he still is a good quarterback. I think he just needs some more confidence right now. I think he, you know, he, he knows his head coaches maybe lost some confidence in him. Uh, he's just got, got to go out there and just kind of show what he can do. He's, you know, he is a starting quarterback. He is a leader. I mean, this is time to step up. This team needs leaders right now. Someone has to step up and get in somebody's face uh, and say, we have to win this football game no matter what. And I think it starts with, I think it starts with the head coach. But coaches just coach. Uh, you need some team leaders on this football field, and you're going to need them on Sunday. And don't forget, it's not like the 49ers are going through this desert where absolutely nothing has been going right for Jimmy Garoppolo when he's out there. They saw that three-play, 70-yard drive, all passes of 20 or more yards in the driving rain on Sunday, right? I mean, right. They, they, they saw the great start to that game. They saw the great start to the game against Seattle. Uh, obviously, the second half against Green Bay, minus the the fumble and when Kenny Clark in his face, uh, w- which was really Lakin Tomlinson just getting blown up there on that screen pass. But uh, I mean, m- minus that, he he rallied the 49ers and they took a 28-27 lead against Green Bay. That's one of the points that Kyle Shanahan has been trying to make. This is complex. You know, social media likes to turn this into a black and white thing. Oh, Garoppolo has been terrible. Um, you, you know, there's absolutely nothing redeeming that's going on. It's so bad that, you know, even if Trey Lance can only complete one five yard out, he's going to be better than Jimmy Garoppolo. But that, that, that simply isn't the case. The, the frustrating part about analyzing this, and it makes it really complex, is that Garoppolo has these blips where he kind of proves all those narratives wrong. Like, oh, he can't throw outside of numbers. He can't throw deep. Well, how did he accomplish that three play 70 yard drive then? It's less about ability to do so versus inability to do it consistently. And I think, the, Dennis, you, you hit that point perfectly. It's the consistency. And I think that's where the confidence comes in because we see the physical ability to do it off the rollout, to throw downfield, you know, fit some of those throws in tight windows. But then you turn around and, and he forces one into Debo Samuel when Mohamed Sanu is running wide open over the middle of the field, right? Uh, or he's not able to get the ball out in time to get it to Ayuk on that one play. Whatever you want. There's plenty of examples of Garoppolo not executing as well as the 49ers need him to. But then you have those interspersed examples of, oh, you know, maybe he can get this done. Maybe they're not that far away from executing smoothly. 
Matt, what do you think it's going to take for Garoppolo to do this consistently enough for the 49ers to win some games here coming up because the big ones are looming on the schedule? Well, that running game is is the biggest one. And, uh, and I thought there were signs of life, real good signs of life. Elijah Mitchell looks like, you know, one of these, these Bobby Turner slash Shanahan finds uh, in the late rounds or even after the draft, uh, a guy that's capable of, of running for a thousand yards for you. Runs tough, uh, was hitting all the right holes on Sunday and finished with over 100 yards. So that's a big part of it. It's going to be hard to run against the Bears, even without Khalil Mack. This is still a solid defense, so they're going to have to to do that. But uh, that's that's the first step. It's it's all about kind of uh, building and and you know building beyond that first drive uh, and uh, kind of uh, putting together a consistent 60 minute game. I, I wanted to talk to uh, about something that that Dennis has touched on. The last uh, few podcasts, uh, which is leadership, and, and I think Dennis said that somebody needs to get into uh, other guys' faces and, and say, we need to win this game. We asked, um, I, I believe it was Fred Warner uh, and Garoppolo uh, on Wednesday about that. Um, both of these guys are, are team captains. One of, I think it's seven, David, team captains on the team. Um and, uh, you know, those would be the guys that you ask about that. Uh, and the question was, do you need to go in there and, and rattle some cages? And both guys had basically the same answer, which was just sort of roll their eyes at that notion and say that, well, you know, these guys are all professionals. Uh, the important thing is that leaders come in and be consistent every day and do the same thing uh, and not get all emotional and um, and, and quote unquote rattle cages. It sounds, Dennis, as if that did happen in your day. And I know there's one guy, <laughs> War 42, who did yeah. that constantly. Uh, yeah. But I mean, it just seems like there's a generational um, uh, 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 inconsistency here. Uh, at some point over the last 20 years, people stopped doing that on NFL teams. And it's all kind of kumbaya right now. Everybody gets along and you don't do that. Uh, but uh, it, it, besides Ronnie Lott and Charles Haley, did did other people kind of take it uh, upon themselves to to do that when uh, a team was in a rut? Well, yeah, and you're right. <laughs> it's, it's a different athlete, and you know, definitely that is not something. I, I mean, I guess I've heard it from more than one person that you, you just don't call people out anymore. And and you're right. Ronnie called everybody out. Ronnie would call us out if we won football games. Uh, Michael Carter was a guy that was always, as far as the defensive line room went, was always to, to let the younger guys know that's not how we play. That's not how you read that block. That's not how you're going to do this. Um, so we always had guys that check on the offensive side. Jesse Sopola was always a guy that was would get in, get in people's face and say, you know, this is not what we do and this is how we win. Um, Steve Wallace, Harris Barton. And, you know, Guy McIntyre was always calling people out. So it was a different time. But, you know, and that that was leadership. I, don't, I guess I don't know what leadership is now uh, with these new athletes. But, you know, you got to lead by example, too. So, you know, a guy like Fred Warner, I mean, you know, he's a guy that has to lead by example. He's got to become a better football player. And when I said Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, he is a leader. He's a quarterback, so he's he's a leader. And you have to. And, and if you can't check people, you have to check yourself. Uh, and you just have to play better. You have to make plays. Fred Warner has to make plays. Jimmy Ward has to make plays. Jaquaski Tart has to make plays. So if, if you're not going to call anybody out, you got to call yourself out. 
And and I, and it seems like that's what this the new athlete's about. Um, you know, just just being accountable for yourself. Uh, and when you're in a football game, you you got to make plays. And then guys will follow you. Guys will will jump on that energy. That's what it looks like to me. A George Kittle's a guy that guys get on his back because he brings that energy. So you want to play harder because George Kittle's playing harder. And that's what it is now. So be it. But you got to get some guys that are going to take it to that next level, to that level where guys want to follow you. And it's going to be the guys who are who've been in the league for a while. You know, these guys have to show these young kids kind of how it works. I mean, if it's the energy, if it's the energy level, get that energy level. If you can't check someone for the way they're playing, check yourself uh, and go out on Sunday and just bring that energy and then guys will jump behind you and play just as hard. But yeah, back in my day, you know, sometimes I was afraid to go in on Monday after a football game because I know because I know Michael Carter had already seen the film and he'll be waiting for me to kind of tell me what I did wrong. But that was my time. This time is a little different. I, I think it's the energy now. I mean, if you got to yeah. go out and you got to lead by example, and I think that's going to be huge. So, so some of these superstar players, these big contract player guys, you got to go out and you got to play up to a level so other guys want to get to your level. I absolutely think it. There's a big energy issue with this team. Uh, not, not and you know, I was talking about it with somebody on the practice field today. I, when I tweet about it, when I write about it, I always try to write this in detail so that people don't take it wrong. I don't think it's like this, you know, necessarily a lack of effort energy level, but I think that there's a negative kind of verve, a negative vibe vibe penetrating this team right now. And we talked about it in the last podcast. Kyle Shanahan shows up at these press conferences or even today, uh, you know, on Wednesday throughout this losing streak. And you just sense this kind of morose negativity that wasn't there in the past with Kyle Shanahan before this losing streak. It just simply wasn't there. And and I think that it is indicative, it is symptomatic of this, you know, more negative energy that is surrounding the team that lends itself to mistakes, that lends itself to, um, you know, poor execution. You know, as my sport was swimming, and, and I know that whenever I thought positively, whenever I was in, you know, kind of the right mental headspace, that's when I would execute the small things, the flip turns correctly, the you know stroke rate correctly. There's a ton of you know small things that go into every race, especially a sprint. That if one of those uh, is off, it could derail the rest of the race, and then you swim a bad time and you lose and and, and you don't win. And when you're in a negative headspace, uh, it's much more likely that stuff starts to 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 go wrong. So for the 49ers, if we're gonna apply that analogy to them, I do not buy the notion that this is a roster that isn't talented enough to win. I mean, this is the same roster that everybody was praising just a couple weeks ago. Even with injuries, I still think that they've built a good roster. Um, yes, they've missed on first-round picks and this and that, but they they have some fifth-rounders that, that are more than making up for that talent-wise. They have Fred Warner in there. I just don't think that the assembled collection of men that the 49ers have right now is – performing with that kind of instinct that snuffed people out in 2019 that made sure that there weren't these undisciplined errors in between the cracks in 2019 and i think that that energy is contagious that negative energy definitely is contagious right now you see it in the pass interference penalties nobody can convince me that josh norman a former pro bowler 
is such a bad cornerback that he's just forgotten how to cover and he runs people over every single time there's a jump ball down the field. Even Emmanuel Mosley has shown the ability to make plays that he's not making right now and grabbing guys instead. So, Matt, that's where I come in with this energy talk. I think once you flip things around, if you can get somebody either on, you know, chewing these guys out or whatever, you know, if you get your Ronnie Lott figure or you get that more positive energy, once that flips a switch... I think it's much more likely that you see positive plays instead of all these mistakes that we're seeing on both sides of the ball repeatedly that are sinking the 49ers. No, I agree that uh, they're they're not reaching the the sum of all their parts uh, for sure, and and that's what's frustrating them as well. Uh, and you mentioned uh, Shanahan's press conferences. Um, there, there's there's been more anger uh, towards us, the the reporters asking the questions, and and of course we're. Sort of, uh, you, know, uh, you know, moving along the the questions that the fans are asking us, and we're we're asking Shanahan the same ones, and and I think that normally happens. We're, we're in year five of the regime. Uh, uh, familiarity uh, breeds contempt, as they say. But you know, the the thing that's that's irked him the most are questions about the quarterback, about Trey Lance. When's he going to get more snaps? Why isn't he getting more snaps? Et cetera, et cetera, and. Um, uh, Shanahan has become snappish with all that, uh, and, and it just makes me think that they didn't properly understand what they were getting into when they, you know, spent uh, you know two uh, first round picks to to move up to number three, and they took this guy. They they should have been prepared that these types of questions were going to be coming. Uh, it should not be uh, as defensive as it is. And, and I don't think that uh, Shanahan has done a great job of articulating things over time. I mean, what he did in the, in the preseason and training camp is, is different than how he opened the season. So there's, there's been some disconnect there. And I wonder whether the weight of all that uh, is part of what we're all describing. It's sort of bringing everything down. It's not allowing Garoppolo to be uh, his best. And, you know, that that's a critique on Garoppolo too. I mean, I think the, there was a thought that, okay, we're going to bring this rookie in and Garoppolo is going to be motivated to have the, the season of his life. Eh, that, that, that hasn't happened to this point. Uh, Garoppolo has not risen to the occasion to, that, to this point. Uh, so I think that this whole quarterback dynamic which ultimately may be terrific for this franchise. <laughs> they're, they're, they're obviously having problems with it right now. Here's what I want to know. I, I love it that, that Kyle Shanahan is, is getting a little snappy. What's, what's the number one question that he's getting snappy about? When will Trey Lance play or why isn't Trey Lance ready to play? He was asked about the rumor or report that the 49ers turned down a s- offer of a second-round pick from the Patriots. Uh, for uh, Jimmy Garoppolo this past offseason. He said that wasn't true at all. And then he he literally said, I'm getting really sick of these types of questions that are based on a book. <laughs> I love it. I love uh, so, it. Yeah, that, that, that was a first. So it's anything to do with the quarterbacks. And I mean, twice today he said, I really don't want to be answering these types of questions anymore. He said some version of that. It makes sense though, because you know he's got to develop a quarterback uh, and then he's got to, you know, win football games. So it's, it's, I'm telling you, it's got to be tough for him. I mean, he, I'm sure he really thought that, hey, we're going to draft this kid in here. We're going to, he's going to sit on the bench. He's going to learn from Jimmy Garoppolo. He's, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have his best season ever. We're going to be in the playoffs. It's going to be awesome. Go to the, try to, 
you know, get to a Super Bowl, but it's just kind of all failed. And it's, you know, now he's he's stuck with the fact that he's losing games. He doesn't have a starting quarterback, and his backup quarterback that he brought in is beat up, and his starting quarterback's not playing the way he thought he would. So I like it, though. I mean, you know, get upset. I can remember his father getting upset in practice and, and starting practice all over again because the offense wasn't doing what he wanted them to do. So get pissed off. I mean, this is this is a great game to play when you're pissed off. I mean, this is built for angry men. Football is built for angry people to do well in because you got to be mad. Sometimes you play better when you're mad. So I like it that he's getting upset. Maybe that transfers over to the football field and you get some people upset and you go out Sunday and you play with some urgency and with some anger. I mean, it just it just feels like this team is always playing catch up, um, very inconsistent. And, you know, sometimes teams just it, it just like looks like teams are more physical than the 49ers. So I like it that he's getting pissed. Maybe it'll it, it, it transfer over to the practice field and then into game. And again. To Dennis's point, we're only six games in right now. These are long seasons. And yes, <laughs> the the further that you go and the further that it goes bad, uh, the closer you get to that point of no return where, yeah, the season is sunk. But it's, it, it isn't yet for the 49ers. They're, it's hard to believe they're game out of the, the wild card race. So um, I, I know, Matt, you've been talking about this a lot, uh, the, the, the need to have conviction in the course that you charted before the season because – I don't think anybody, well, some people probably thought the plan sounded terrible, but a lot of people were enthusiastic about it. And in the sunshine against the Raiders, the plan looked pretty good, right, against those third stringers. But everybody has that plan until they get punched in the face. So now the 49ers have gotten punched in the face, but I think the true test of you, you know a team's grit is can you get back up after you punch in the face and still execute that plan? Because like it or not, the 49ers built their roster over this offseason to execute this plan. So it's going to be really hard to change midstream. They, they did push their chips in the middle of the table to make a run in 2021 with one-year deals. They do have Jimmy Garoppolo on this roster, and they do have a quarterback in Trey Lance who's very inexperienced and isn't ready to make 30 good decisions from the pocket per game yet. I mean, that is just the truth of what they're working in. They're, they're backed into a corner. They're sitting in the bunker. That is the ammunition that they have. So I think the best way forward with the ammunition that they have is to go with the plan that you know that, that they made this offseason specifically for those parameters right and uh, now they've been punched to the face it nothing looks really good but guess what there's still what 11 games left to go so uh, that's that's how it's going to be so uh, I think they're going to win this weekend what do you guys think I think the 49ers are going to go out there and win by two touchdowns against the Bears what do you think Matt Justin Fields has not looked good um, he actually looked good in one of his starts. Uh, the rest, uh, you know, uh, typical rookie stuff. Uh, does not uh, read the defense very well. Does not read the defense very quickly. Uh, gets hit a lot. Gets sacked a lot. So uh, this, uh, again, I mean, I say this every week and I look stupid after the game. The 49ers <laughs> should win this game. Uh, and it really shouldn't be close. Uh, so I, I think it's going to be a, a, another sort of defensive effort. Uh, is gonna, is, has to lead the way. So I, I will go with uh, 24-17 49ers. I watch this, the Chicago offense, and, and you know, they're, they're all discombobulated. And this, the quarterback, he can't make the decisions. He's, you know, he's, he's running the ball. He's taking sacks. He's making bad decisions, bad throws. 
I think this is going to be the week we see that 49er defense really get after a quarterback, a passer this week. Um, I hate to say it. I mean, I, I don't know where we, where we are with the with the predictions, but every time, you know, I, I, I'm a, I'll say for, this would be the last time if the 49ers go out there and disappoint me again this week, I will. This this would be the last time I predict them <laughs> to win a football game. Because I'm saying it for let, the last time. <laughs> that's yeah. it. But they, they should win this football game. Definitely a better football team. Quarterback's got to play better, though, because you can guarantee you Justin Fields is going to throw the ball down the field and hope for those PIs. But the quarterbacks play well. I think the pass rush pass rush gets to uh, gets to the quarterback, Justin Fields. Uh, and the 49ers win 31-17. Ooh, really nice. Yeah. I- I'm going to say 27-14 as, as my prediction. It's all about avoiding those DPIs because I think the yeah. Bears have actually thrown more deep balls than any team which is crazy I mean, and probably correlated with the fact that Fields has been sacked more than anybody else, those 22 sacks. But he throws a nice deep ball. He has a slow release. He, I mean, this was the scouting report on him. He he, he was a touch late getting rid of the football, and, and it didn't matter when he was at Ohio State as much, but the NFL talent evaluators thought it would matter, and we're seeing it right now. The deep ball is pretty. The athleticism is there, but if he's a touch late getting rid of the short to intermediate game, he's going to get sacked 22 times in however many quarters he's played. So if the 49ers can avoid those defensive pass interference penalties, they can capitalize on this massive hole in Justin Fields' game. And Jimmy Garoppolo's got to do what Jimmy Garoppolo did the last time he was in Chicago, and that's manage a game with long drives, play in front of the hometown fans. I mean, he he grew up in Arlington Heights where the Bears are uh, moving, I think, here in a few years. They're trying to – they're moving out to the suburbs just like the 49ers did. They're moving to Jimmy Garoppolo's hometown. Uh, they just purchased some land out there. So Jimmy's going to have 100 friends and family members in attendance, and the 49ers need him to come through. So we'll see what happens. Anyway, this has been the Here's the Catch podcast for Matt Barrows and Dennis Brown. This is David Lombardi. We'll talk to you all after the game on Sunday.